Welcome back to Trumpet America. I'm your host, Mr. Nashville, and today I am visiting with my good friend, Frank Dell, and we're diving into uh, Frank's uh, history and past, and I, myself, I'm finding it pretty fascinating. I've known you for a number of years, and I'm actually hearing some, some things that I have not uh, not familiar with uh, with you, Frank, and I uh, say thanks uh, again for stopping by and chatting with us this afternoon. Say, Frank, when you left our, our last segment here, uh, you were talking about, you know, that turning point when you found the Lord. And that leads me into my next question for you. Tell us about your gospel CD and what was the inspiration for that? Well, you know, even though that uh, I had my life cleaned up and wanting to do the right things and and still be in country music, because they told me, well, you can't be singing country music. You can't be singing no rock and roll music. You can't, you know, the I can'ts, I can't, you know. But then I run into another situation in my life. I think the Lord wanted me to get back on the right road. So what I did, I didn't select the songs on that gospel CD. I think he inspired them, not me. So that came out uh, in the, in the uh, Europe places. It would go on the charts. Uh, people have lives were chained by listening to it. These are the reports I get back, and I think, how is that? You know, but I get, got those messages, all right? And I thought, hmm, this is really something. I did that in 1990, okay? It's still popular. I still get airplay all over the world with it. Mm -hmm. So it's his, not mine. I'm going to guess you probably get more airplay over in Europe than you do here in America. That's for sure. It's amazing. I don't want to get off subject here. I find it fascinating. But how classic country slash gospel music slash bluegrass music is so huge over in the Europe countries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just I, I've I've uh, I've seen that. You know, when I was with Conway Twitty, I did uh, Folsom Prison Blues. We did what four recordings? It charted on the East Coast. It was seventeen. They yeah. were fighting. I remember. I was living in Oklahoma City at the time. I lived there for about nine years. That's where I met with Conway and and the Twitty Boys and all that. But yeah, I got charted out there in the country songs that I did more so than here in the stateside mm-hmm. uh there's a big market over there oh absolutely absolutely seeing we're on the subject of country music here um of course you are the founder of trump in america mm-hmm. but you are also the founder of the country legends association which I, i'm going to inject here that i was very proud to be a member of that as a matter of fact i was on the board of advisors with you and stuff but what inspired you what was the reason for creating the country legends association well inspiration i guess came from because country music over the years has changed you got the country music association which is which it is but what about the legends that have been kind of pushed in the back room so to speak so that's what inspired me to start the country legends for the country classic, real country music. I did a lot of interviews before I started that. Buck Owens had that, uh, what was the name of it? Real country. 
Real Country out of California. The station was in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been on that program quite a bit when we started it. We started getting a a uh, number of people joining it, and our exposure out there was good. But some of the legends of country music, what it appeared to me and was even told to me is that because of the Country Music Association and the Grand Ole Opry and all of these things and all of the benefits that they get, that it would be uh, probably not good for them, some of them, to be a part of the Country Legends Association. I believe that 100%. I know that. Actually, I know that for sure 100% because... In, in Nashville, and it won't sound negative, but it is very, very political. Yes, it is. And it'd be, for some of these artists, I can see where their standpoint is. It'd be almost suicidal for their career. That's, that's correct. Because of the power to be, we'll have to talk about this another, maybe we'll do an interview on this sometime on Trump in America here, about how corrupt the music industry is as a whole, and not only country music, but the, the all of politics it. that are involved all of it all of it you know uh i did an interview with ralph emery mm-hmm. and Alf, ralph agreed with what i said and many of the artists did personally but he did was outspoken about it yeah and speaking of interviews you've interviewed a number of country legends uh you have a guesstimation on how many different country oh, legends a boy. number you could throw a number out there, a guesstimation. Boy, oh boy. I probably have in the library. Yeah. And some have not even been edited, and that's another story up to this point. There's pro- well over 150. Yeah. And I've lost about 35, probably yeah. more now. And you know what? Uh, the last interview that I did was with Jerry Reed. It was Jimmy Dickens. Let's see, was it Jimmy? and jerry and somebody else i did that interview i had a little jimmy dickens in the room doing the interview and uh jerry was sitting out in the other room out there with these big old sun giants. i said jerry i says uh let's do an interview said, yeah he come in there and he started preaching at me and i said we're on the same way blank <laughs> That's awesome. And then I think he went, I saw him again uh, in St. Cloud. St. Cloud, yeah, the show, yeah. yeah. You were there. I was you? there, yep, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so that kind of leads into my next question then, too. Can you give a couple examples of the ones that's, which one or two stand out the most that were, if you were had to pick one out of, one or two out of the interviews of all these people you've met throughout the years, which one or two stand out the most or, or had the biggest impact on you? Big L Downing. Oh, yeah. Another one of those guys that really kind of got overlooked in country music. He did. And he was a colored man. Yeah. And I just just love that guy. Uh, He's gone on to glory. But he told it like it is. You know, all this junk you're seeing going on today is a bunch of hogwash. There's no racism. You know, that's a propaganda trick. Yep. You know? I think people are fed up with it. I got to tell it like it is, brother. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to go back to something. You asked one of the, uh, in the beginning there, uh, when I started in country music. Uh-huh. In 1960, I think it was 1960, I went to Nashville and recorded for Gold Standard Records. 
All right. And I did uh, two songs. Well, it was called uh, Mountain Man, and the other one was called You're Still Tied to Me. And after I did that, a bunch of musicians from the area where I live, they ended up going down to Nashville. Zeke Clements, which is a way back, was the producer of that. That got me on Opry Star Spotlight, me and Charlie Leuven. And I lived in Nashville for about a year and a half, then moved back home and then all the other stuff. I just, I had to throw that. That was something else because uh, every time, and how, you know, how did I get on WSM Opry Star? Glenn, or Bill Claiborne was the guy that was hosting. Then Billy C was there. And then, uh, oh, oh, um, Des Moines, Iowa, WHO, Dave Dudley interviewed me, coming back. That's when I put out Folsom Prison Blues on the way back to, to my hometown on a little vacation to go back to the cold country. So that's that that was really the thing that got because you know, people when they start hearing you on the radio or television, they start calling, Hey, I saw you on TV the other day. I saw you on this, you know, and that you think that some of these people forgot about you, but they don't. Right, right. Well, Frank, out of all these interviews that you've done throughout the years, now we're talking some of the you know big country legends. We also mentioned that a lot of these folks have passed on. That's got to be quite a treasure trove of country music memorabilia, a, a treasure trove of interviews that you have. Yes, uh, we did or are in the process of developing the site for Frank Dell Music Publishing where all those interviews will be aired on there and they'll be able to listen to them. You know, there's something about the general public. They like to know the background. They listen to those talk shows, all right? When you have one of those guests in there, I, you know, who is my favorite? What's the most? All of them were. All of them. I I just think, uh, how come me, Laura? How did I get through the door uh, in the background (laughs) With all of these legends, all of the, Willie Nelson was the spokesperson for the country legends. Roy Clark, Bill Mack was on the board of trust. All of this stuff. Now, what happened is, I started those interviews. At first, was Branson, USA, and we did a negotiation with uh, Boxcar Willie to try to purchase his theater to bring that the home of country music. Well. That didn't work out for us. So about a year later, my attorney and I, and uh, I was working at, had a, in the law office with my attorney. I said, well, I says maybe we ought to consider Austin, Texas. So anyway, we put out uh, a, I don't know if it was a news release or something. I got the calls from Fort Worth, Texas. They said, we want you here. They didn't think too much of the owners of the Opryland. <laughs> oh, Opryland. That stuff, the they Gaylord. had one up there. So uh, we went down and uh, got with the bankers, got with the city. They definitely wanted it to be there. So we called it the new home of classic country music. All right? That's where I started from Branson, USA, to Lone Star, Fantastic. And you're from the North Star State, so it's the North Star meets the Lone Star. Yeah. (laughs) Entertainment Lone Star, USA. It's your host, Frank Dell, with little Jimmy Dickens today. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you you mentioned, uh, I I can 
relate to a little bit of this being in radio for 23 years. I never imagined growing up on the farm here in rural Minnesota, meeting these stars through the radio station. And we met some together uh, yeah. ourselves here and stuff. So, and, and to meet some of these people that you idolize as a youth and you finally get to meet them and then interview them and spend some time with them is uh, sometimes you have to pinch yourself, don't you? Yeah, you do. You know, you wonder, well, how, how could that happen? But you know, the books show it, yeah. you know, that's yeah. what's happened. I had so many, Tommy Cash and I, uh, so many of the people, uh, uh, you know, and I didn't get, Johnny knew I did full song. He knew all about me. He got that gospel CD. And when, you know, John was kind of going down, lost yeah. his wife and stuff. And, and he was in the, having a hard time. And then I'd communicate with Tommy to Johnny mm-hmm. and all of that. And he just didn't feel up to doing an interview yeah. at the time, but we did, uh, a tribute uh, with Tommy for Johnny. I, I miss John. Yeah. John Cash. He went yeah. through the rugged thing. And I still hear they're playing him on Fox oh. News. And yeah. I've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, John, John's not going anywhere. There's, no, there's, no, um, no. Yeah. There's, uh, his music will be around forever. Say, getting back to your interviews, uh, is there going to be a way here in the future for our audience members to maybe... Uh, uh, Trumpet those, America to listen to those interviews or maybe purchase those interviews. Uh, yeah, it'll be linked to with uh, Trumpet America here on the website. You know, it's a part of our hair. It's a part of who we are. Okay. And I'm telling you what, there's many lovely people out there. I have met so many people. I, I love every one of. Them. I love my enemies too. By the way, I yeah. love the enemy. Come on after me if you want. I still love you. Right. <laughs> but that's the way it is. You know, look, we need to get back to reality in America. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, I didn't know, you know, our, our staff, our team, they're all believers. And, you know, they felt I should be doing this. Right. I don't know. What are you calling it? Yeah. This is just my background. Uh, uh, I'm just letting you know. But I'll tell you what, folks, there's an answer for you. You bet. And you know his name. And it's not my name. It's his name. His name. See, Frank, we're going to take a quick little pause here and come back, and we're going to talk about Trumpet America. All right? Sounds great. All right. You're listening to Trumpet America Radio here on TrumpetAmerica.com. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. on and get aboard with us here at trumpet america we offer free membership so there's no reason not to get involved or if you like become a sponsor with a donation of any amount be sure to check out our online store where you can purchase trumpet america merchandise and much much more while you're here you can listen to trumpet america podcasts and radio shows Our founder, Frank Dale, is available for public speaking engagements throughout the Midwest. Feel free to contact us for bookings or if you have any questions. Please check back for progress and updates often here at Trumpet America. Trumpet America. God, family, country, united. And you and I roll along and stroke the freedom fire. For we stand tall. Americans all, no honor can be higher. 
All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. Welcome back to Trumpet America Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Nashville. Having a fun time this afternoon, doing something a little different, having a, a discussion, an interview with Frank Dell, an intimate look in Frank's uh, life and his past. And we're going to talk about something current now, Trumpet America. How did this come to be? What was your inspiration to create this uh, uh, unique, I want to say unique, um, approach at, at, at looking at uh, politics and world events, Trumpet America? Well, actually, Bob, uh, we got to go back to Jerry. Okay. Uh, I think on one of the podcasts, he kind of testified a little bit of, you know, how we got involved. I've known Jerry for years. We're talking, you about, know. We're talking about Jerry Allen, the singing patriot. Yeah, the pack of wolves thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I love the guy. I, I just uh, concerned for him, and uh, I, he's had a rough go. He's had mm-hmm. a rough life. Uh, uh, he's a tremendous entertainer, songwriter. I'm telling you, I thank God that I got the publishing of all of this material. But anyway, it wasn't like that before. Sure. But he wrote some very, very powerful songs, and he's the he's the the cowboy uh, wrangler, the the Waylon Jennings, the Willie Nelson, the Kenny Kenny Rogers, uh, <laughs> all of this stuff. He can do that. He's very talented, you know. You know, and I've always wanted to help Jerry. Is always concerned for Jerry. I always would check in with him. How are you doing? And you know, when his good times and bad times and the struggles that he has had. Uh, he's very successful out there in uh, Mount Rushmore at the the is, is Garter the, Red the, Garter the, the Red Garter Saloon. Yeah, there he does him. that. He does his shows. He's been doing that for thirty-seven years. That's a long time. Was that in Keystone? In Keystone. 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 You know, going there from uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day, he's done his things. Has entertained thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. Come see him now. The, the grandkids are coming to see him there. So that's been kind of a stabilizer for him, you know. And then he he would uh, uh, come home for, you know, the winter seasons and do little things. He'd go to nursing homes and, and uh, you know, bless those people and stuff. So, he, he you know, he is doing the right thing. His, his, his heart is in the right place when it comes yep. to the things of the Lord. And I always knew that. But, you know, I, I thought, well... You know, in the music business, you got to have the commercial sound, the commercial this, the commercial that, and all of that stuff. And, of course, Jerry does that. And I told him, I says, you know, Jerry, I think the good Lord wants Jerry Allen. I says, you know, give me Jerry Allen. And maybe a door will open. Maybe there's some great things that could happen. That was about five years ago. You know, and he took heed to that. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think he can be one of the greatest artists and a great songwriter, like many of them, competitive with them today. But he's not into today's music, so-called country. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's the he's an, you know the rodeo cowboy. He's the traditional country music. Traditional. And, and, 
and traditional standards. And uh, I know he's a big John Wayne fan. And yeah. That whole cowboy country western persona. He's into that. Wouldn't that be nice for all that to come back? You know, a lot of people watch that uh, television. I think it's Me Too or something. They have all the Westerns. A lot of people, you want to relax and get something out of a movie or something? Watch Go on to that place there and you'll get it. Listen to Jerry's song and you'll get a touch of the past. Okay. We forgot the past in America. Yeah. And the history of America. Enough is enough. Now I'm now I'm getting dangerous. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get back to the point there then. So what was the inspiration then for Trump in America? You mentioned Jerry. Now, how does that all come into play? Well, he went to Nashville, I think it was in 2019, and he said, I'm going down there and I'm going to record 20 songs with professional musicians. One worked for Hank Williams and the others and all of that, and... Uh, I went to California, kept thinking about them, and I had to go to BMI in Nashville, so I went from San Bernardino almost straight through to BMI and got locked out by the rain at BMI. But I finally got in there to take care of business, and I was going to meet with with Jerry, uh, but that didn't happen. So when I got back home, I says, make sure you send that stuff to me, Jerry. And he did. And I'm listening to this. And he said, I'm just a patriotic cowboy. And I thought, oh, as I've been kind of disgusted the way things have been happening in America. Enough is enough. And that song, as the people listen to that, and I believe it's a hit, if you can get over the commercial thing that they're trying to pull on you out there today, He'd make it because that song is all about what's happening in America again. It's not offensive. It may be to a lot of people, but that's too bad. But listen to the last verse. You better love your dogs. You better love your neighbor. You better love your brother. You better love this. So something's got to change in America. And that's where the inspiration took place. I got a hold of my uh, man, uh, business manager, and I says, Mike, I says, I've surveyed this thing. He gets standing ovations singing that song. Now, to put this in perspective, this was during the time that we had all that civil unrest uh, Correct. Uh, going on with the COVID-19 and, and, you know, cities on fire and stuff. So the timing for that song, I could see where he got the inspiration for it. Right. And, and, and it's still the inspiration. Look, well, sure. it's gotten worse. And it's going to get worse. All right. right? So anyway, what happened... Yes, I said, you know, I think we can really do something here. And I said, Jerry, I'm going to publish all of your songs. He wrote a song for South Dakota we're working on right now for the state song. He's been in the movies. He's been down the road, all right, in a lot of things. And I think his time has come. I did. I was hosting another show. Uh, this was back uh, maybe 10 years ago. And... Uh, he was in town at that time, and when I introduced him, and this is on the on the DVD, I says, his day is coming, was my introduction to him. And so we got together, and of course, I, you know, you can be inspired, but is it your flesh inspiring, or is it a spiritual inspiring? Well, I've studied the Torah, I have studied the Word of God, all my life and I know that I can't do nothing 
but I can do all things through him. And if he's the head of it and he's running the show, it will go. Amen? Amen. So anyway, what I did is uh, we needed somebody to build a website. All right. When I looked at this, uh, I was overwhelmed putting it together because there is so much involvement and so much on the business end, so to speak, all right, things that have to be done, the insurances, if you're going to go to big concerts, you're going to do that, they're going to do that. Uh, Mike, he's a spokesman, he can take care of the business stuff, and let me do my thing. Jerry is a 24-hour-a-day job for me, mm -hmm. all right? Well, all of a sudden, uh, a writer, uh, you, Bob, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and that was a godsend that I come into the station. I forgot your number, <laughs> phone number to call you. And we talked uh, probably about two years ago, and right. I thought, i got to tell you something, what's going on, man? I said, this is a godsend. I ain't doing it. And so what I do in the process of this, which was a lot of trembling, a lot of praying, seeking an answer, yay or nay. I don't want to be doing this if you don't want me doing it. But if that's what I'm supposed to do, that I'll do. So I always look for a witness. Well, we got Jeannie that writes for us. We have Carol that writes for us, builds the website. Mm -hmm. We got Bob Weber, mm -hmm. Mr. Nashville working with us we've got other people that are working with us and every one of what i have seen to this point and i hope it continues to be this and i do believe this is a godsend you do not meet people by accident there is a reason some receive and some don't so in my trembling, what I do is I anoint my ears, my eyes, my nose, my five senses, my lips, anoint these fleshly lips to speak. And in this hand, you do the writing. I wrote a thing called the Mirror Transcript in 2019, which is, got censored and which is happening right now today. But I'm ready to go. Give me 10 minutes on Fox News. Come on. Come on. Don't play games. I'll tell it like it is. Hey, well, that just might happen here. We get some more momentum here behind Trump in America. So let me ask you this. How did you come up with this unique name? Because I love the name. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm no genius. <laughs> I'm not. But I believe I, I can be inspired of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we started out with take back the United States of America again. First, it was, uh, what was that, make America great again? Mm -hmm. That was taken. So about three weeks into this, and all of us getting together, mm -hmm. I, you were involved yep. with us at that time. I yep. thought, yeah. And I thought, man, that's a long URL. Uh, how are people going to get that? Because right away, they're going to think that, we're for Trump. We are. <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, that might have been a <laughs> statement I shouldn't have. But I, actually, I don't care who is the president of the United States next. But if it does, America doesn't quit and this corruption in the government doesn't stop and this country does not repent, it's over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. It's been good to know you.
Right. So anyway, I got thinking about that title, Take Back the USA, uh, United States of America. I called Mike. I says, Mike, I says, you know, that's too long. And I, he said, well, what do you want? What do you think we should call it? TrumpetAmerica.com. T-R-U-M-P-E-T. America.com. We're not political. You might think we are. We may be. We're not religious, but we are, and we may be. But it's all in there, so we don't care who gets elected. If they don't change, and this country doesn't pray that this country will change, look at all the corruption. Look at the things that are happening in America. But as we progress, mm-hmm. even on the way down here to your studio, Bob, yesterday I went to northern Minnesota and saw a Trump museum and a Trump store. And right down the road from you here, they have rallies there too. Mm-hmm. All right, for conservative things, history of America, get rid of the lawlessness, get rid of the racists, get away from that. Love one another, come to be one, united. We are, and this country has to get back to its roots. One thing I want to point out too, with the name Trumpet America on the logo, has the seven trumpets, which is a biblical tie-in. Explain that real quickly. Well, in, we're living like we're going back is when we started this mm-hmm. uh, conversation. I mentioned Matthew 24. I would suggest that you that are believers or not believers, open up your Bible to Matthew 24. It'll tell you what's going on right now. And it's being politicized. And these things are happening right now into America because he said it was going to be this way. But there's a way out and there's a way to freedom and there's a way of life that is right. So we in America, believers and unbelievers, are going to have to change our attitudes and get back to our Constitution. We the people run this government, not the politicians. Enough is enough. Now, them seven trumpets represent the seven trumpets in the book of Revelation. I would suggest that you read the whole book of Revelations because the trumps of God are beginning to sound, and that means something's coming called judgment. Actually, God is exposing and using people and situations to expose the corruption, the lawlessness, the hatefulness, the corruption in this country. It's got to change. So my next question then, Frank, on Trump in America, what is your mission? What is it what you hope to accomplish by Trump in America? I hope that God will use this program that America would have a revival natural and spiritual so that we can live in peace and unity in America with the amount of time that we are left to prevent the judgment of God. God is a God of love, but he is also a God of judgment. And Christians and otherwise don't realize that. The preachers don't tell them the truth anymore. A lot of truth. They tell them what they want to hear. 
I yep. call them big businesses. Not all of them. Right. You know, it's like going back to tell a vision. The media is corrupt. It's all corrupt. We've been programmed. Now they want to starve you, kill the babies by no food. They try the mass junk. They try the COVID junk. They try this. They try that. They got the trucks line. See, it's crazy. It's crazy. You want to be like Canada? They just did. You know what? I I had a thought. I, I said, Mike, I said, how about armed America? You know, the Lord said to take the sword out. All right. Take up the sword. Armed America, arm, armed America, link onto that and bring it to trumpet America. Because, you know, people are angry and they're fearful. And that's a scary situation to be because the I'm okay, you're okay, that's going on that we see here with the gas prices way up, all of this, infl- all of this stuff out there, the pockets are going to get empty. I wouldn't want to be around them people. You know, and, and that's partly biblical, too. Yes, it um, is. Like these high costs of, of food, okay? There is a verse, I'm not going to probably, I'm going to paraphrase it, where it says that there'll be starvation, and, and not because people, a food shortage, but people won't be able to buy it. There's a, there's a quote in the Bible where it says, a measure of wheat for a day's wages. You're well, correct. measure measure of about a pound. So in other words, you had to work for a day, a full day for just a pound of wheat. That is scriptural, the yeah. famine. There's not only a natural famine, there's a spiritual, spiritual famine, famine in America. This whole thing that has been planned for years, all right, is to bring in the one world order is a dangerous thing. All right. And what that would mean is that we are really close to the thing that the word of God calls the great tribulation Mm -hmm. to where you're going to have to take a mark to buy or sell or anything. They're going to be programmed with all the technology. They're listening to us now. They may even censor us. Come on. I'm ready for you. I fear you not. I do not fear man. But I'll tell you this much, I fear Almighty God. I tremble for America. Right. Well, Frank, what can our audience expect this year and beyond? Got any big plans? Well, we're working on it right now. We want to do a, uh, like I met the people up there in northern Minnesota, and then here in this area, we're looking for others. We would like patriotic people, uh, business people and stuff to uh, get involved with us and uh, bring your whole family to rallies and concerts. We're working on that. It takes a little bit of time. Now, Lee Greenwood's manager said that Lee would call me, so I'm waiting for a call. We want to do the patriotic concerts, all right? But we want to have a good time in unity to show America that we are strong because we have an almighty that we serve. So I fear no man. I don't fear nothing. But if we all come together as one, we will see a change in America. Jesus will save America if America does right in the interim of him exposing even our Supreme Court, our judicial, what a joke. <clears throat> you know what? And at one time in my life, young in, in the process, I wanted to go to law school. My father was an attorney. I'd been the biggest crook. I'd been worse than all of them if I didn't have this relationship with the Lord. And enough is enough of this garbage. You know, he didn't think too much of these lawyers. Right. When they did, would question, he wouldn't give them an answer. He'd, 
he'd go the other way, you know, he'd use a parable on it, that the scriptures be fulfilled. Well, let's get with the scriptures be fulfilled. Let's be a part of his kingdom, not the kingdoms of this corrupt world. Exactly. Frank, if someone wants to get a hold of you through Trump in America, is there any way they can do that? Can they call you or is there an email address? Uh, that is on the, the website. The website. Yep. We, uh, we have the, the websites up and we're getting hits. Course, we're getting a lot of program attention. On it. Yeah. We're going to do a national advertising and, and press release. Some want to get involved. Some don't. Some are wanting to do their own thing. Come and join us and be one with us. Sure. Because yeah. I believe that we have the ticket to make things happen in America. And, uh, you know, we're progressing. We'll just go down the road. You can buy hats. You're going to buy a flag, shirts, and yeah, cause, cause, all you know, kinds of things. Because, you know, having a website and stuff that says costs yeah. money, so we, we certainly appreciate, you know, any any uh, contribution any, to that. And, any, and, and show your pride. Anyone. There is no cost to be a member. Right. But contribute. Get involved with us. Get your families involved. That's one thing I liked about these people that I've just met. The mm -hmm. whole family's involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they invited me for the pizza stay. I said, you know, I'd like to, but he's been waiting since 10 o'clock for me to get there. And then I got lost getting here because they don't have no road signs. There's a detour here. So I went around in circles. So I'm sorry I was late, Bob. Oh, that's, that's all right, Frank. Frank, anything you want to touch on that we did not touch on our, our talk today? Anything you want to make mention of that, that we didn't talk about today before we kind of wrap things up here? I got thinking about uh, Jim Reeves. Uh, you know, the first interview I did was with Eddie Arnold. Remember Eddie Arnold? Oh, yeah. That and Tennessee I mean, he was retired and probably one of the richest men in National. National. I, I, I've had incidents. One, one especially was, see, I recorded in Nashville, all right? And uh, on my way back home, what I did, you know, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, got that picture of old Frank Adele up there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I knew the whole crew. We got to live there. And... But anyway, what happened on the way back, I stopped at Tootsie's. And uh, there wasn't really, no, you know, usually these guys, songwriters, they're going, that's where we all gathered. But it was, was kind of early in the morning there, too. What's her name again? Tootsie. Tootsie she Bass. said, well. Jim Reeves and George Jones are up at the wagon wheel. I said, oh, really? So they might, she didn't tell me if they were in there, and they just went up there. So I went in there. Uh, there was a lot of people in there. Anyway, I went down and said, this one had the burr head. Now, I met George Jones way back when they came to Duluth. I think I told that little story. I don't want to yeah. tell everybody that story. But anyway, anyway, they were sitting at a table. So they said, we got talking and shopping, and I told him I'm heading back home. I just recorded with Gold Standard Records, and I'm I'm heading home. And I said, Tootsie told me you all were up here. All right? So I went up there, and then I said, well, I'll see you all later. All right? Well, by the time I got back home, I didn't know this. I didn't know that Jim was getting ready to fly out somewhere. All right? And who else was there? Somebody else. His was. piano player, yeah. Dean Manuel. And uh, anyway, there was a group up there that, that was a popular band people. That I, well, one worked for Dave Dudley. And I told him, I said, well, I just got back from Nashville. I just got done regarding my first song with Gold Standard. And uh, I says, you know, I says, it's kind of weird. I said, 
I went over to Tootsie's, and he said that she said that George Jones and Jim were up there. So I said I went up there and sat down, had a talk, and had a talk, and then I just left. He said, "Well, haven't you heard the news?" I said, well, "What news?" He said, "Well, George was killed, or um, Gene, Jim. Jim was killed in a plane crash." I said, "You gotta be kidding!" I said, "I was just with him yesterday." I could not believe it. I, I was baffled. I said, "What?" Well, anyway, after that, maybe a couple of years, probably five years ago, something like that, I went to Nashville. And uh, it might have been more than that because Mary passed away. Uh, but she had the Jim Reeves Museum. And so my wife and I went in there. You know, she had all this metrobilia, the radio station stuff and all of that. And I says, Mary, I says, you know, uh, Jim came to Duluth one time. I didn't get to meet him, you know, but I says, uh, I got to share something with you that you might be interested in. And she says, well, what's that? And I says, you know, when I come down uh, to record for Gold Standard Records, I says, Tootsie told me that George and Jim were up at that wagon wheel, all right? And I says, and then I said, well, I'll see you all later. And I got back home to Minnesota and met with a friend and told him that I met with, you know, them two guys. And he said, didn't you hear the news? And that, that Jim was killed in that plane crash? She was kind of astonished. She says, you know, she says, Frank, George and, and, and Jim didn't have a very good relationship. You know, and I didn't know what she was getting mm -hmm. at or something. Okay? And she said, well, he went to town to go to the bank before that flight to take care of some business, all right? That was the last that she saw of him. Then, then he, she had that plane crash. Well, then she said, well, was George drinking? I said, yeah, he was drinking. And I, I, I think I even had a beer. Uh, but Jim wasn't. I noticed he didn't. He wasn't drinking nothing. You know, he's kind of a setback, you know. So then after some relation or or something of Jim's or something. I, I didn't know the whole story. But, uh, you know, so whoever was doing that, I got it on the Internet. I, I sent them an email, and I explained the situation that I had. And they went to George Jones and said he didn't recall it. Well, he was probably having a bank. I was going to say during that time frame, George probably just didn't remember. Yeah. Nothing against George Jones. I'm sure he didn't remember. I'm sure... He was under the influence. And well, George went through some tough times. You know, George is another one of those troopers, though. We, we were talking about Johnny Cash overcoming the uh, uh, drug addiction, and George, at the end there, got over that uh, drugs and alcohol. A lot of folks always talk about George drinking. A lot of people don't realize George also had a drug problem. He was really big into cocaine, and he overcame both those obstacles. But, you know, both John Cash... And George Jones had very strong wives to help them through those situations. I can identify with that. You know. I thank God for who I got because I don't know where I'd be today. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, God uses people, even Trump. Mm -hmm. All right? 
He chooses people for his purpose, not Trump's purpose or America's purpose, but for God's service. So he uses us rebellious messes and brings us to, to a place, all right? George Jones grew up in a Pentecostal church. That blew my mind when I knew that because that's the first church I went to after I had my conversion. And a lot of people don't understand that. You've got all kinds of denominations out there. He is one, one body, one church. To me, a lot of stuff out there is very secular. Sure. I honestly believe right people come at the right time in history, all through history. The right person comes at the right time. You apply that any way you want. Um, you mentioned Donald Trump. I'm not too political here, but Trump came at the right time. I don't know if this next time is the right time for him to come back or not. Jury's out on that. That's fine. Whatever he does, he does. He don't, he don't. Perfect. But uh, all these people come at the right time, and there's always somebody, always, for the most part, somebody comes up and cleans up the mess. That's correct. Now, see, see what what happens here is that with 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 uh, 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 President Trump, I believe the, the Lord used him. Mm-hmm. All right, and now what we see that's happening in America today, it exposed the bad, the corruption, partisan political corruption brings partisan political destruction. To a nation, it's time to turn around, get back to the Constitution, get back to the history of America. We, the people of the United States of America, own this country. Quit sending our tax money to every country all over the world. Take care of our borders. Take care of the lawlessness. And I could mention a bunch of other things, too, but I won't now. No. But I will down the road. You bet. Amen. Amen. And hey, Frank, that's a great way to wrap up our talk today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Love you. Folks, I love you out there. Find the love of Jesus. He's the answer for you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Trumpet America Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Nashville. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. on and get aboard with us here at Trumpet America. We offer free membership, so there's no reason not to get involved. Or if you like, become a sponsor with a donation of any amount. Be sure to check out our online store where you can purchase Trumpet America merchandise and much, much more. While you're here, you can listen to Trumpet America podcasts and radio shows. Our founder, Frank Dale, is available for public speaking engagements throughout the Midwest. Feel free to contact us for bookings or if you have any questions. Please check back for progress and updates often here at Trumpet America. Trumpet America. God, family, country, united. And you and I roll along and stroke the freedom fire. For we stand tall, Americans all, no honor can be higher. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train.